Welcome to the Border Outdoors podcast. I'm Mac. I'm Tim. And today we have a guest. Uh, he's somebody that we've talked to or talked about in the past. Um, one of my hunting buddies. Uh, this is my son, Wyatt. Hey, guys. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Good. You can get a little closer. There you go. You'll be okay. All right. You nervous? Mm, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Your, your, uh, your nervousness will go away the farther we get into the conversation. Oh, I'm sure. But so we're going to talk about probably a couple different topics today. But to start out, Wyatt, you listen to podcasts, right? Oh, yeah. How old are you? 17. 17. And you listen to Border Outdoors. Nice. Got the youth involved here. Yeah. What is your first experience? Uh, I'm actually going to talk about my first time duck hunting this year. Uh, me and my buddy Reed, we decided that we wanted to go duck hunting. He got a 14 foot John boat with a little three horse Mercury on it. And we went to runnings, we bought ourselves, uh, went in on a dozen decoys, and we went out to Pelican, which is right a uh, local around here, which is public land, and we found a spot out there, threw our decoys out in random places, and that actually turned out to be our best hunt of the whole year. <laughs> so did you So did you guys have any idea on what you were doing before you went out there? No. Uh, <laughs> did you have to fight off everybody when you got out there? I don't remember. Did you guys go out there early in the morning? No, we like, did uh evening hunt. Okay, because I know people that line up like at midnight. On opener, yeah. Yeah, that's not for me. You just sit out there all night. It, I mean, it, it's like, it's fun. If you got a nice group of guys out there and you can star seek and tell stories. but I, That part would be all right, I guess. But when you're, when you're 16 years old and you got nothing else to do, why not? Sure. Uh, well, uh, we got out there probably about 3 o'clock and we just went out there for like two hours. And it got really foggy. And probably the last half an hour, I think we went out there with about 30 shells and came back with about five and two ducks. And they would just come out of the fog and we'd just be like, shoot them. <laughs> and we were just clearing the guns every time, not hitting anything. My buddy wound up shooting uh, Naganzer. I'm not sure what kind. I'm not too big into duck hunting yet, still. Yes. But there. So you guys. You went out for your... Does he duck hunt a lot, or is that his first time, too? It was both of our first time. Oh, really? We were just like, all right, it's going to be a shit show, so <laughs> might as well go with each other before we start <laughs> ask anybody else. Did you uh, did you do, like, any, watch any YouTube videos or anything? Oh, we I have watched some YouTube videos. So, did you guys call at all? We did. And uh, <laughs> this is actually pretty funny. So, it's this uh, feeder call that you just kind of shake. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, we went out later on in the season with some people, more experienced duck hunters, and we pulled that out, and they were just like, what the hell is that? Is that, and then, is that out of your mom's dresser drawer? <laughs> <laughs> it's a shake weight, I swear. <laughs> and that's where the name came, and uh, we called it the Black Cock. <laughs> <laughs> so you went out, you guys both had your first, your first time duck hunting, and you had a little shake feeder call. He bought a dozen decoys, and it was foggy. Yeah. So all of a sudden, they're just boom. They're right. They're, they're in, just they're right, right in front, in front of, front of you. And you're just you went out with 30, 
30 shells a piece? No, 30 shells total. So how much is in a box? Uh, it depends. I think someone do what, a 15, pack of 15 or something like Did that? Did you have a box of shells or more than one? We had, I think, a box of 20 and then uh, half a box. Okay. So then you guys went out with a box and a half and you shot and you came back with five shells? And two ducks. And two ducks. <laughs> one was a merganser. What was the other one? Uh, I shot a ring. Ring bill? Yep. And uh, that was about a, that was the farthest shot I took and that's the only duck I got. How far was that? Like 30 yards, 40 yards? 60. Oh, jeez. Little diver action. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you hit it. What were you? What kind of? Uh, were you using for a shotgun? Uh, I was using my buddy's. Can't remember what it was called. I think it was a Benelli. I I don't even know what the Benelli's. Uh, it's like a. Is it like a Nova or something? Like yep, that? Oh, yep. Nova. Yep, that's what it was. So it was a pump. It was. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's like uh, they're 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 solid guns. A lot of people use those. Mm-hmm. And that was actually a. Ducks Unlimited gun that he won, and then he was using his other Ducks Unlimited gun that he won. See, we're just we, talking. We about just this. talked about this in the last podcast about with Seth and his uh, Ducks Unlimited, and how some people win a lot and some people never win at all. So sounds like Wyatt knows a couple of uh, winners. It's weird how we always know a couple people that win, but it's never you. Right. It's it's just one <laughs> so of those. It's someone things. else. It's, just, it's not in the cards, I guess. <laughs> So okay, so you went duck hunting. You got two ducks using those elusive duck unlimited uh, winter shotguns. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that something now that you're addicted to duck hunting? Yeah, I'd say it got me addicted because it was every weekend. Mom, Dad, can I go duck hunting? <laughs> <laughs> something else for you to spend your money on? Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> it's. It's a lot of fun. It is. It is. It is definitely like we've talked about a couple times on the podcast. It is a whole different world for like, and it's awesome that you're getting into it because you have two two cousins that love doing it, mm-hmm. and they have tips and tricks, and because everyone's got to start out somewhere, and it's nice that you can just ask whoever, and they'll give you advice. Yeah, on different things to do, set up. There's um, different videos, malt gear with Scott Trine in Rochester. He's got like Duck Society. I think I have it. If you want to borrow it, it's all right. That's really in depth. Otherwise, I guess you've got one season under your belt. I'd say the next one is probably look into figuring out how to call. Yeah, then that's what we're pretty much going for next year. Yeah, getting our own calls and actually learn how to do them a little bit better. Because now you got what seven months, mm-hmm. eight yeah. eight months to to duck hunting. You don't have to go buy a two hundred dollar call. No. You can go to Cabela's and buy a twenty dollar cheap call and it'll be just fine just figure out what what the tones are and i'll just just take practice if you're serious about duck hunting just practice you're gonna bother the hell out of your fucking parents sitting in the basement honking on your goose call or your duck call don't don't worry we we, uh, heard enough of that Uh, a few (laughs) years ago we took a trip down south and we wound up at the uh duck commander um place oh really yeah where the you know the duck dynasty guys um, we went into the call room and there's, uh, you know, it just looks like, just like it is on TV. Um, and what, what was the deal? You guys got, you made your own duck calls, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they had a kit there. You make them and then you take them home with you. So, so there you, you have, go. You have a duck call. Yeah. I do. I, oh. you don't need anything else now. No, the only go. problem is, is that it's <laughs> hidden and I have no idea where it is and I know. It's hidden or you just lost it? No, it's hidden because they don't want me. 
downstairs oh. blowing on it. And I have no idea where it's at. Dude. <laughs> I think it's in your guys' closet somewhere. I've seen I don't it know. before. That kind of shit gets hidden from me too, so <laughs> it's not from my my hands, I guess. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Just that, I think that's the biggest thing is calling is huge. Yeah. And there's so many things that you can do when you're just getting into duck hunting. I I was lucky enough I had brothers that were doing it years before I did. And I just follow along with them. So they'd be able to help you out a lot more than I would. Yeah. But you also, out of a lot of people, to benefit from COVID, you were able to do, because you're still in high school. Mm-hmm. What are you, a senior? Yeah. So you were actually able to go ice fishing a shit ton. And I have. This, this winter, because you have what? What was your schedule like for people that don't know what? minnesota did for covid in school high school how many times did you even go to school uh well monday through thursday is regular uh days there are hybrid days which half of the people go monday and wednesday and the other half will go tuesday and thursday to school and then the day you don't go to school you're online and then i do a program called youth apprenticeship where i only go for the first four hours of the day and then i go to work (laughs) so then my fridays and then on fridays there's no school but it's just pretty much a work day. So I only got four classes. I get my stuff done and I'm out on the lake. So you're ice fishing like every Friday. So yeah. you're three days, three days a week or three day weekends. You're fishing all three days every week. Pretty much. And then it's probably during the week too after work. Nah, not really just because schoolwork, got school the next day. I get off at six and I could go out for two hours, but uh, I really don't feel like doing that. <laughs> <laughs> young guy doesn't feel like fishing i forgot to ask you how did you do yesterday did you go out spearing yesterday yeah i did and i saw three northerns didn't throw the spear just because i've speared plenty this year and i'll only spear something if it's over 30 i did need some more pickles so should have should have speared a couple of them uh, yeah that's all right how thick was the ice now out there about 24 inches Oh, it's that thick out there. That yeah. really thickened up because when was the last time we were on the same lake and we had, what, eight inches of ice maybe? Yeah, it in was. In the good spots. We found spots with like four inches of ice, which it got pretty sketchy in the middle of that lake. Um, I was end of, it was probably a month ago, actually. It, well, it was right, right at the beginning of this uh, cold snap. Yeah. So we gained 19, you know, quite a, quite a few inches of ice in that short time. And there's springs all over the place because we kept, we went out there for a solid probably three weekends in a row yep tip up fishing and then we tried some crappie fishing and we were trying to locate deeper water but every time we'd start walking around you notice that it would be more slushy there'd be more water on top and then all of a sudden you look and there's a spring and you're like shit back off but now i suppose you go out there and those springs have got to be pretty i don't know if they're if they'd still be i don't know much about that but it's moving water but they'd freeze up yeah. It just won't be as thick of ice there, but if you got two feet of ice, it's probably just fine now. Well, when we were out there, you drill a hole in the wrong spot, and you're standing in six inches of water. Remember, why when you uh, oh, yeah. made that first spear yep. hole, you're like, I can't even sit in this. You're sitting in water, four four to five, maybe even six inches of water. Because so. there's so much snow on top of the ice that's pushing down. Right. And then you cut that giant spear hole. <laughs> now you have yeah. all the lake water coming up. So. Well, interesting. What... uh how how did you do this year? Like, did you, is this your first year spearing? Uh, last year, I just got into it 
probably mid-season. I found a spearhouse out at my grandma's. That was my grandpa's. And I asked her if I could uh, borrow it. And she's like, I don't care. So then I took that out a few times. I only speared one fish last year. And it was actually the first time I threw a spear. And I threw it. I just was always told just to drop the spear. Yep. Well, I had a pretty light spear. So it just barely went into it. And when I was come pulling it out, it came off. So then I just kind of threw it and speared it again. That was the hardest fish to flay. Oh, because <laughs> there's so many holes in it. Holy fish. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. So then you, you got into spearing last year. Now this year, that's, isn't that pretty much all you did besides you did do crappie fishing at night a couple times? Yeah. And I picked up on crappie fishing during the cold front just because now I could drive out and yep. just set up the hub house, got the heater. And I didn't care if it was negative five outside, but it was 60 degrees inside. So I know you kind of went advanced with your hub house too. Wanted to talk about a little bit about your setup, what you guys, what you're doing out there, um, how you lay out the house and all the different things you're bringing out now. Yeah. So I'm just going to start off. I have a Eskimo three or a quick flip or no quick fish three eye. And, uh, it's only for three guys. And I was fishing two guys and I was like, God, this is actually pretty tight. I couldn't imagine three guys. And then I wound up actually buying foam tile floor and. That floor made a giant difference. I would go, I went from fishing in bibs and boots to dudes and jeans. And I ran a fan from the top and then uh, blew it down. Dudes as in the tennis shoes? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, yeah. Um, I had, I knew it. The tent, a lot of people are like, that's the first time I've ever heard about these tennis shoes called dudes. And you're like, now I'm fishing with dudes and jeans. I'm like, what are you doing? But, okay. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> But, uh, I actually forgot where I was at. All right. But anyways, uh, I could fit at one time we fit four people in that house with four holes and it was actually extremely comfortable. It's just that the big thing is, is what you're sitting on. If you bring out a lawn chair, good luck fitting two people in that house. But if you bring out buckets, you can easily fit them. And then I actually modified a bucket where I put a boat seat on top of it. And that is actually really comfortable. So these tile floors, it's just like the normal camping ones that people use on like Facebook. It just insulates your feet. Pretty much. So you don't get that cold from the ice. You know, obviously sit. Mm -hmm. stick yeah, they're like what, a half inch thick? Yeah. And then they're kind of like puzzle pieces where mm -hmm. they snap together. You can make whatever layout you want. Yeah. And that's what I really like about it is if you want to, because actually I have your old uh, two man flip over mm -hmm. and I took the carp or the side off of it. So it's just a sled and a bench, and that's actually what I used yesterday. And when I do that, I just put the tile pieces right where my feet are, and then I just leave the other part open so I can have as many holes as I want. And that, you can only fit two people, but if you go... I normally like to fish. When I have a lot of people, I do four corners, mm -hmm. just to spread everybody out, put everybody in the middle, and then just kind of go from there. And I can fit four people in a three-person house. Just maybe not high schoolers, though. I was going to say, you guys are... You're in high school. You haven't evolved into your, your beer belly yet. No. In the 21. Much easier to bend over and get to that hole. Yeah. Yeah. Too. No, it's just. Well, losing your breath. <laughs> oh, I can't breathe. Can't breathe. Bibs are too tight. <laughs> you got to un unzip the bibs so your belly can breathe. <laughs> Quit washing my bibs, goddammit. You're shrinking them. <laughs> so have you tried um, ice camping at all with like the insulated? I have not, but I really want to. Yeah. I have uh, I have my cousin who lives in Mankato, 
this is like pretty much his first year. He's 30, let me see, uh, 37. And this is pretty much his first year ice fishing. We had a bunch of extra poles, a couple extra fish houses that, you know, he's going to borrow, he's borrowing just to try it out. And he went above and beyond. He wants to come on the podcast and talk about it. And he does the, the, the foam floors, but then he's got a buddy here, which I've never seen before. And you know, those fans that are for fireplaces that do the heat, the heat yeah. moves them. Yep. He put one of those on his buddy heater. Oh, wow. He just put long, like three and a half inch stainless bolts and it just teeter totters, you know, sits up front and it's always got pressure in the back and he keeps it on low and it turns that fan. And I went fish with them last weekend and there was no change in temperature from the top to the bottom. So it's powered by the, the heat yeah. coming off the, okay, so it's in a way it's essentially kind of like a, a, a turbo, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it kind of amplifies the, the flow and moves the air around. And I think he, huh. he got it off Amazon for, I think it was 30 bucks. I've looked at them and some of them are really expensive. But he's like, yeah, I went on 30 bucks. He saw it on a Facebook group and he, I forgot he had it. And I'm like, that would be a really good idea for deer hunting. Because like those big buddy heaters, you have the fan in the back with a run off the D batteries. Well, you just take this fan, throw it on your heater, and you always, it's blowing the heat at you and it's not, you know, going up and you're waiting for it right. to come down. It's a lot more efficient. Is it loud? It's quiet. You well, can't even hear it moving. That would work nice for deer hunting then. And no batteries? No batteries, nothing. It's just the, the heat that's coming off of the buddy heater. It's got like these weird grooves and some people probably know what i'm talking about it's got like these grooves where the heat comes up and somehow when the heat comes up it spins the fan (laughs) and he said you have to be careful when you use it because it gets the heat it's all heat so he's got like a little thermometer that he puts next to it and it shows you how hot it is and with that body heater on low it got it was like 350 degrees the heat that's coming up wow and it's spinning that fan and that's you can feel it the i mean it's not like a a big fan you have in your house that you have on like low and you can feel, you know, it's just a small little six inch, five inch fan, however big it is. And it's spinning it and it's fucking, oh, actually, actually Scott put a post on it on, uh, was it last Sunday? There's a post of it on the, on Facebook of the little fan on the heater. I'll have to go back and look. I don't remember seeing that. Yeah. It's, it's freaking cool. Huh. It's a sweet idea. I never thought of it because normally you're hanging the, the fans from the top of the hub. And you have to run the double A batteries, but he had this one. I'm like, that's fucking good. And that's what I hate about mine is running double A batteries. Cause you go out there and your batteries are dead. And every time you go out there, then you got to bring out new double A batteries and double A batteries are not cheap after a while. Yeah, but I'd rather do double A than the D batteries. Those D cells, they, they're, they're, they're not cheap. No, they're definitely not cheap They're Cause I ran it in my buddy heater and then it, every once in a while you're packing up and then you forget about it and you leave the damn fan on. You're driving home, and all of a sudden you just hear this, and you're just like, God. But, um, so you haven't gotten into ice camping, but you did just go out. Where did you go last weekend? I went out to South Dakota, uh, towards Wabe, and we actually fished off of Wabe, but we were on the east side out on a lake called Hillbrands, and it was definitely a morning bite. We got up there a little at the tail end of it. Um, about 10 minutes in, my buddy Reed, he caught a uh, 19 and a half inch walleye off a number six rip and wrap. And then as soon as he was pulling that out of the hole, I pulled up a 17 and a half right after that. And we're like, all right, let's go. We've been here for 10 minutes. We already got two nice walleyes out. 
That has to set time. the mood pretty fast, right? And it did set the mood. And then what happened? That was it. <laughs> we how, were out how long there. did that mood uh, last? About an hour, and then you were done. Uh, the mood lasted about fifteen minutes, and then we're like, oh, "God damn it, where's these fish at?" <laughs> and then fifteen minutes, we got out there. For, I think we were out there for an hour and a half, and we're like, "All right, let's just go somewhere else." So then we went out to the slough for perch and walleye. Well, they went out. They've actually went out there. Right, just a little backstory. Yeah. Uh, my buddy Reed, that's the one that I went duck hunting with, and then I went out there with his dad, Chad. All three of us went out there, and they went out there, I think, a couple weekends before, and they did really, really good. And uh, actually, we kind of had a little guide, which was uh, Reed's cousin. Uh, his name's Kelvin, and he's a game warden out there, so he kind of knows what slew is uh, public, private, and where to go. So you kind of got an inside, yep, in, little insider. So to do a little backstory, because I was thinking in my head about a couple of different things and now getting back to what you're saying. You went to South Dakota last weekend. You went to Wabe with your buddy and his dad. Mm-hmm. You fished for what an hour on the Wabe, mm-hmm. caught a 19 and a 17. Yep. And then now you guys are going to a slough for perch. And walleye that we were told. we. He said we can go to the same uh, slough they went to last time, which is pretty much just perch and big northerns. Or like we can catch northerns here. Yeah. So we're like, let's go to the slough with walleye and perch. And it was slow. There was a big uh, pressure change because this was right after the, uh, it was just starting to warm up again. Yeah, last week and right yep. after the week, two weeks of below zero. And if you've ever been to South Dakota, uh, we were about an hour across the border. And it's nuts when you drive out there. It's really, it's hard to explain because you'll just be driving on the road and it's just slew, 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 slew. If you go and look on... uh maps on a satellite google maps yeah yep it's just blue 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 and just fields everywhere have you uh do you ever see, heard of fish addictions i've heard of it but i don't know what it is they have uh it's a youtube it's guys up in fargo or mm-hmm. up by fargo north dakota they're they're really cool guys but they have they used to be on f f fox sports north and now they just post all their stuff on youtube they did that they got a new fi- a big bite fish house and one of their goals was they were going to park the fish house somewhere and they were going to go hit up these little tiny ponds in North Dakota in this area in the search of jumbo perch. And it was pretty interesting. They go through the whole dynamic of how they research these ponds to see if there's fish in it, if the DNR, you know, uh, netted them to get the numbers and all this, this big elaborate plan and how they would drive like five miles over here. And they just set up the fish house in the middle as a base camp. And then they'd go all over to these little tiny farm ponds that have some giant jumbo perch in them. I'm sure nobody really thinks about touching these little well, ponds, you know. Well, yeah, you go, you're going to South Dakota, you go to Wabe. For me, I've heard about Wabe for years about how it's a lot like Devils and a lot like Lake of the Woods. They have jumbo perch and a lot of walleyes. And then you can get the same thing. In a five-acre pond off the ninety-four. See, I, <clears throat> now you say that, I want to talk. I'm going to go on a little side tangent, not go really a it. tangent, but anyways, um, I'm going to have Wyatt speak about this. But uh, what was it? Two years ago, we went to Chicago for a lacrosse tournament that Wyatt was playing in, and behind our hotel was a drainage pond. And Wyatt, you want to talk about what you guys did with that drainage pond? <laughs> yeah. So. Actually, we went out there and just walked, and I'm like, 
God, there's got to be bastard. I've watched plenty of YouTubers like John B. And uh, he does a lot of sh- like Chicago fishing. I'm like, God, there's got to be bass in here. And I was with a couple buddies on my lacrosse team that also fish. I'm like, there's a target over there. We could go get some cheap rods and just try <laughs> this out. I think we each spent about 20 bucks and just kind of shared a bunch of stuff. We had a, like three rods and a couple plastics or whatever. I think I probably caught about 30 bass out there and all between two and three pounds. There was just one spot. It was just every cast. I was like, watch this. Here's another cast, another fish. And it was just nonstop. It was, it was, I had, it was so fun. Like a little drain, like a holding pond. It's a drainage pond. All it was is what big culverts coming into this pond and it had rocks all the way around. You know, it was all man made. Yeah. But, uh, so I guess if you're going to Chicago and you're staying in a hotel, you might want to bring a flay knife. I don't know. (laughs) I never flayed a fish in the, uh, the hotel lobby, but. Because uh, what didn't one of the uh, uh, workers at the hotel said something to you guys when you're walking around with your fishing poles, like where are you going fishing or something like that? Didn't that happen? And you yeah, said you're going all back, and everybody was just looking at us weird, like what the hell are these guys doing? And I'm like, well, I saw some videos on YouTube and figured I'd try it out, <laughs> <laughs> and it so, panned off. Yeah, kind of brings my my point that yeah, these kids are passionate. They like to do their fishing and. You can go anywhere, and I do remember too. We were driving up to the uh, uh, field where this lacrosse tournament was at, and there was another little pond. And everyone's like, "Oh, tomorrow we got to bring our fishing rods that way between games we can go fishing." I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, guys! You guys need to maybe relax a little bit between games. It's hot and out. I don't even think you know about this, but uh oh, Ethan Anderson, he's a kid on the team younger than me. He actually wound up catching a carp with his bare hands on that pond in between games. There's a picture of him just holding it with his lacrosse gear on. <laughs> he's got his lacrosse. He's got his cleats on. He's got his uh, uniform uh, shorts, and he's holding this carp. <laughs> oh, I just had an idea. I think we need to um, market, build, and market a. Uh, you pop your lacrosse head off your stick and put a spear on there, and you go hit up the uh, the the carp ponds around the, <laughs> there after the games. Just like you're whaling? Yeah. Or like, uh, what is it? Um, uh, harpoon. A harpoon on, what is it, Wicked Tuna? Yeah, there you go. Or did they throw it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that's funny. <laughs> I don't know I don't know where we were at before this, but I know uh, Wyatt was talking about the small ponds. Oh, yeah, we were talking about how the, slews. the, the small slews, little yep. pond slash slews, they got, they got a bunch of fish. And uh, South Dakota, it's, there's parts where it's flat, and uh, it's windy out there, and... Uh, there's a lot of snow blowing around, so you can't really tell the difference between a field and a lake. So you'll just be drowned and be like, the hell, there's a fish house just sitting in the middle of that field. It's like, nope, that's a lake. <laughs> is that a hay bale or is that a fish house? Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so did you get anything? Did you get uh, anything in the pond? We only came out with about, I actually was the only one that caught anything on the pond. I caught three perch. I caught a little itty-bitty one at first. I'm like, God, just going to be a bunch of little three-inch perch. And then I actually wound up catching two eight-inchers, but threw them back. What is, uh, sorry, so for people I don't know, Minnesota, our walleye season is closed till open. South Dakota stays open all year round. Mm-hmm. So are you going to try to go back out there, late ice, or? I think we were talking about it, and I'm pretty sure I probably will end up going out there late ice. Is there anything different that you guys would, is there anything that you do different? Uh, I think if we would go out there next time, we'd leave Friday night and then spend the night at, uh their cousin's house and then we'll just go out there in the morning instead of leaving at four in the morning and then 
kind of missing the morning bite. Isn't it only like a three-hour drive? Yeah, it was actually not even. A th- three and a half. That's what it was. Because <laughs> it was two and a half to the border and then an hour across the border. All right. So you're obviously a Minnesota resident. Um, what does it take to fish out in South Dakota as far as licensing and things like that go? Uh, we actually did ours right online. I just Googled uh, South Dakota fishing license non-resident. Clicked up to the first link, scrolled down a little bit, found non-resident fishing license. And then a day pass is 16 bucks, And then a three-day consecutive is $37 for non-resident. And I'm not sure how, I think it's 60 don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure it's $60 for uh, a non-resident fishing license for all year. Yeah, and if for people that, like, I was thinking about doing that cause I was here about Wa Bay, but whenever their season cycle is, like, say it's March 1st, you can go online, buy a fishing license, non-resident for South Dakota for whatever it is, 60 bucks. Then you, walleye doesn't close. So now you have from March 1st to the other March 1st where you can go out there in your boat. You go out there early ice, you go out there late ice, you can go out there multiple trips, and that's what's nice about it is it's only three and a half hours away. And you can go get walleyes, you can go get jumbo perch versus every year we go to Lake of the Woods because it's Lake of the Woods. It's a six hour drive, a little more of a pain. You have to, you know, go at the resort. There you could you can if you wanted to, you could make a day trip out of it. Leave early in the morning, fish all day, come back late. So I'm assuming these lakes, you know, like the Wabe or whatever, um, lakes big enough. Do you see a lot of like um, uh, wheelhouses and stuff out there? Not really. There's more or less wheelhouses on the sloughs okay. than the lakes because the lake we were on, it was actually you couldn't even drive out there. We had to walk out there, so we just pulled a sled. With, where we had uh, two sleds, we had a flip over, and we had a hub house. And I think I think – this year was a little different than normal years because I think the ice out in South Dakota was pretty shitty overall. Yeah. Because it was pretty warm. So I I think the ice conditions in South Dakota weren't the best. I think I saw a video the other day of a truck or a four-wheeler fell in already. So oh, it's it, getting thin, it's, thinned out already. I, yeah. They, I don't think they had a whole lot. Of, I, I'm sure they built up a lot with that cold snap, but I think that's about all they've had out there. The ice has been pretty shitty all year long. Well, actually, at that slough, the slough is dirty, really, really dirty. And obviously, you put your transducer right below the ice. I could not see my transducer. <gasps> I could not see the bottom of the ice. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. That's dirty. Yeah. No, I'm just thinking, like, uh, we, we might um, jump on the bandwagon and, and trade our camper in for a fish house and do an RV edition. So, three and a half hour drive, it sounds like a pretty good weekend to stay out there and I've, get I've some known, fishing. I've known buddies that they've taken their ice castles out there and they've gone out wabi it's just like fishing in any other lake so it's doable then oh yeah very okay. doable you just have to know obviously it's like anywhere around here you got to find a resort pay for the road pass all that spiel and find the fish it, it might be beneficial to do a couple like scouting like kind of like what seth did you go out there the weekend or two before fish send your kid tell him go find the fish get on the fish and then send like, me the points send you the where yeah. they are and then you just Pull out your fish house. Yep. It's nice about having a 17-year-old kid. And then actually when we went out there, I have an avionics and my buddy has uh, he has a hummingbird. What's the chip? He has a chip for it. The for lake, the lake, lake master. Chip. There it is. And uh, one hard thing about there is the contour lines is that my avionics and his said we were only in 12 feet of water, but we were in 22 feet of water. Did we he- more or less just looked at 
the drops. We were looking for that big drop, and we went from supposedly on the Navionics, we went from one foot to twelve feet, just like that. And we we're like, we fished right on the edge of that, and that's where we had ours. That's where they went the past weekend or whatever they went, and then when we went too. So were they suspended in that twenty-two feet? They were right on the bottom. They were right on the bottom. Did he use his uh, contour or the depth shading on his lake map? I believe so. So, yeah. I mean, it had a lake. You're talking about the big lake. Or did it have a lake map for that little slough that you guys were on? No. Oh, so you're talking about that bigger lake off of Law Bay that you were on. And then actually with those sloughs is they're pretty much just a big bowl where these fish just roam and there's not really a good spot or a bad spot because we were drilling like five feet from shore and it was 18 feet. And we were 100 yards out and it was 18 feet. Hmm. So it's just pretty much just this big crater where the fish just roam. So when you guys went on that big lake and that bite, you know, you got out there a little, you got the tail end of the bite. Did you guys, did you go back and try that lake again? We did not. So you just went out for a day? Yeah. Okay. So you did do a day trip. Yep. And then actually out there is you couldn't even spend the night out on the lake because I, I talked about it and then he was like, no, we can't because it's, that lake was open from seven to seven. And that's what you got to be careful with out there, too. And there is a lot of game warden out there. They have a time limit on what time you can be on a lake, like like a city park? Pretty much. Really? Yeah. yeah I've never heard of that I before. I never did either. Huh. But where we went out from, we drove through a park, and it just said ice fishing only. And then it says 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Wow. Yeah, that's that's different. That's good to know. I, I had no idea. I wonder if it's because it's city-owned. I have no idea. If you had to drive through a park, because maybe the, I, I, I don't know, maybe, that's weird. Maybe the, yeah, I wonder if it's uh, just the access itself. You're only allowed, but I wonder, you go out there in the middle of the lake, how they kick you off a lake, you know, after that 7 o'clock at night. Give you a ticket? I suppose, but, huh. Well, maybe we won't be taking the RV fish house out there after all. Well, <laughs> you go to Wabay, you're just It fine. just yeah, depends on, uh, yep. I got you. what lake you're on, too, because we were on a reservoir. Yeah, I'm sure all that stuff's different. I can't fill you in because I've never been out there. I've only been out there once, yeah. and I still learn about there, and I want to go back out there 100%. I, it's, every 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 state's different. We talked about this last time. Minnesota, Wisconsin, North Dakota, South Dakota, it's all different worlds. It's all a whole new ball game. It's all new learning experience for everything you do, but that's what makes the fun of it. Yeah, but it's nice if you go with somebody that's experienced in that area. They know yeah. what's going on. They can mentor you a little bit, and then, uh, you know, good chance you're not going to screw up and, and get nailed doing something wrong. Um, but one one good way to go venture out and see something new and try something different. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to – any other cool stories this summer? Your ice, did you get any new gear? Oh, you use them inline. You don't use the inline reels? I thought you did. I hate them. Do you – you have one, don't you? I have one. I don't use it very often. Um, mine gets a little out of. I, I gotta. I have to spend more time with it. Um, kind of gets out of control when you're putting something heavy down. Because this one, you know, there's no resistance at all, and also the thing will just start to freewheel, and you got to <laughs> slow it down with your your thumb or your pinky or something like that. But yeah, it's. I get. I like the concept. You know, it doesn't wind up your line funky or anything like that. But I I use all the open face reels for ice fishing. Yeah, I. I think on a couple of mine, I've actually have like summer reels on them just because I, I think it, 
was cheaper or in case something happened and I needed an extra reel for the summertime, I could just pull it off. Cause I just, I run normal summer line on it too. I just buy a big spool of whatever, uh, mono or whatever I'm putting on there. So I can use that in the summer and in the wintertime. I haven't really had a difference between the ice line, but I pretty much run six pound tests on everything. Yeah, I, I know some people that are pretty picky on what they do. A lot of guys, or one guy I know in particular, he he has like a, this rod case. He comes out and it's just packed full of rods. And then on one side, he's got the same exact rod in real combo, but they have different color lines on it. And I'm like, come on, man, I I don't I don't <laughs> see the value in it, my personally, but to each their own. For people that really enjoy and like come down to how many different hobbies you have, if ice fishing is your number one hobby and you're into it that much it's just like deer hunting it's just like any other thing you're gonna spend all your time you're gonna be having all that different line i'm fishing this one because i like this it could be the color of the water right and i think a, that's why he does yep. that too with different lines and like i know i know butcher's got a million poles and he keeps buying them every year and he's like i don't need another one but yet at the beginning of the year that one looks pretty cool and you just buy another one and you keep buying a pole every year and next thing you know you have 15 poles that have been sitting and you haven't used them in three years. And you're just like, who could use them? And you just, and you just give them away to people. Like who needs a fishing pole? Yeah. That's, that's pretty much what we did with my cousin. Like I was saying before, he wants to get, he's got three kids. So he wanted to get them into it. He was talking to Matt and said he wanted to get into ice fishing. So Matt said, Hey, Ronnie's getting into ice fishing. I got an extra, um, fish house. I'm going to send him with, we had an extra sled. We had, a bunch of extra tip-ups. I had a bunch, Mariah and I had a bunch of extra poles. They're all set up. And it's like, well, here, if you like it, here, give it. We'll give this stuff to you. If you don't like it, then you give it to somebody else. Yep, pass it on. Yeah. yeah, it's, you spend a lot of money on a lot of things, but you, eventually there's a use for it. Like we've, you got, like you're, you bought your fish house from Mitch, didn't you? Yep. And then I think we gave you the old, uh, that old uh, Eskimo pullover because mm-hmm. it was just sitting. We haven't used it in a couple years. Yeah. So it's like, well, we got a cousin that's young. We're older. I like to fish in comfort. When I was your age, it's whatever I could get my hands on. Yeah, it really didn't fishing. matter. So, plus it's it's a nice sled. It is. I wish that's another thing is I need to get a bigger sled like we were talking about before. Or we need to go back and figure out the ideas that we had. When yeah, we went ice fishing. <laughs> really, yeah, we remember the ideas we we dreamt about before and modify, modify and execute it over the summertime. And that's the other problem I have too is my wheelhouse. I needed to put new spindles on because the wheels are starting to tip in a little bit. And uh, that was my project last summer. Did I do it? Hell no. You know, you think about this all summer long. The weather's nice. You can get out there and get get all this gear and stuff ready to go. I procrastinated, and all of a sudden here this winter comes by, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to sit out there in 20-degree weather welding up spindles on on my fish house. So I'm just using it as is for right now. Um, gets me by. But, yeah, it's spend that time when the weather's nice. If if you have a winter sport, it's well worth it to, to spend that extra time during the summer in the off season. You don't think about it as much then um, as you probably should. But, uh, yeah, make yourself a to-do list for the summertime when the weather's decent. Yeah, for sure. Well, you guys got, uh, it's Minnesota goodbye. You guys got anything else? No, I wish, uh, yeah, kind of bummed out. Now this weekend we got some stuff going on, so we can't get out fishing for the last weekend uh, of uh, Pike. But, um, 
I got a I got a bucket of suckers sitting at home that are gonna have to uh, get tossed out to the cats. I guess yeah. kind of sucks. A little bittersweet, but it is what it is. Time to move on and and uh, go on to the next chapter. Well, I think that'll just about wrap it up. All right. I'm Mac. I'm Tim. I'm Wyatt. I'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the Border Outdoors podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Links are provided at borderoutdoors.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks again for listening. Tell your friends, and we'll see you at the border.